Warning, the following podcast probably contains dirty words and graphic descriptions of ass-kicking action. Welcome to the Adkins Diet Podcast. This is Adam, and I'm joined by my wonderful wife, Whitney. Hello. This week, we watched Wolf Warrior, a Chinese film from 2015, where Scott Adkins portrays the villain who is a mercenary sent to hunt down our hero, Wu Jing, who is the director, star, and co-writer of the film. Wu Jing was a Chinese martial artist who was discovered in the late 90s by Yan Wu Ping. Yan Wu Ping, of course, is the director of many Hong Kong action films and also the fight choreographer on movies such as The Matrix, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Kill Bill, and Kung Fu Hustle. He took uh, Wu Jing under his wing and used him in a number of movies until Wu Jing got his first big break in the film SPL, also known as Killzone in America, in which he played a small role. And he went on from there to star in a number of Hong Kong action movies and eventually began directing his own films. Wolf Warrior is not a Hong Kong martial arts or crime film, but is actually a Chinese production and is a military action film in which he plays a expert sniper who is disciplined for disobeying orders and sent to an elite unit known as the Wolf Warriors. So we know Wolf Warrior means business because the film starts with a bullet and a knife flying into the opening title of the film, uh, followed by a military mission in which we see Wu Jing snipe a guy with a terrible CGI bullet and eventually uh, we end up in a hostage situation where Wu Jing is ordered to stand down but instead he proceeds to fire through a block of concrete multiple times until he can take out the bad guy who is holding one of his soldiers hostage. Uh, he is disciplined for this we then see the brother of the criminal he slayed, who is a crime boss who is about to be arrested by Chinese police, when all of a sudden Scott Adkins comes riding in on a motorboat with his mercenary team and shoots an RPG at the police, blowing up a bunch of dudes, and then the rest of his mercenary team proceed to use heavy machine guns and other weaponry to annihilate the arresting police force and they rescue the head crime boss bad guy who then proceeds to execute the remaining cop with a machine gun in slow motion making his jowls shake in a scene that was probably funnier than it was intended to be we then see the funeral of the crime boss's brother and scott adkins is contracted with a couple briefcases full of money to kill wu jing's character 
who took down the crime boss's brother in the opening scene. We cut to an incredibly sweaty Wu Jing working out in his cell. He is then recruited by Colonel Long Zayun, a female Chinese military officer, who proceeds to force him to drink excessive amounts of alcohol and attempt to get his truthful feelings out of him about his previous situation and future combat situations. At this point, it becomes evident that the subtitles for the movie, which we watched on Netflix, leave something to be lacking, as Wu Jing refers to Wolf Company, W-A-L-F, and then Lieutenant Colonel Wong refers to it as War Wolf Company. Now, maybe they meant War Wolf, but when we saw the spelling, all we could think of was the Mystery Science Theater episode Werewolf, the classic film in which a vaguely foreign woman says a number of times, Warwolf, 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 instead of Werewolf. So now after a drinking game, he is recruited to Warwolf Company. We see a brief flashback to Wu Jing as a child, delivering some kind of report in grade school, and he says, My mom wanted a baby, so she invited my father over for a drink. Dad got drunk, and I am here! And the rest of the school children laugh at him. He is then picked up by a helicopter to join the Warwolf Company Regiment, and we get a nice cute scene of him dancing in the air as he is suspended through a helicopter flying over grassy fields. Once he meets up with the Warwolf Company, he is told that an individual can be taken down, but a wolf pack can be invincible, and that he has to be a team player. He then proceeds to have a face-off with one of his commanding officers. At this point, we are introduced to one of the side characters, Shy Rubberneck, called Shit Rubberneck by his companions, who states that with Wu Jing and his commander facing off, this close to his face, they either begin to fight or begin to kiss. Although in the subtitles, it says they either begin to flight or they begin to kiss. I did appreciate this lampshading of the homoeroticism that is plentiful in many action films. Uh, we then also hear the Warwolf Company's battle cry, We are the fucking best! Followed by, Be humble! So you can't really get more Chinese than that in your badass battle cry. Uh, we then see Wu Jing joining the Warwolf Company as they fly into a combat training scenario. And they talk about their female commander, which is something that is still new and unusual to them. And Wu Jing says what he thinks she needs is to be conquered by a man like him at which point she sends a painful amount of feedback through his headset, causing him great distress, and then she sends it to the rest of the squad just to keep them on their toes. We watch the training exercise for quite a while, in which Wu Jing and the Warwolf Company face off against his former commander, and Wu Jing helps lead them towards victory, until Wu Jing and his squadron are surrounded by terrible, shitty CGI wolves. And they fight them and have to attach bayonets to their guns. And we see what could have been a cool face-off between Wu Jing and a wolf, but it's 
pretty crappy CGI, so it's mostly just amusing. At this point during the training exercise, Scott Adkins' mercenary team shows up and begins to attack. They proceed to kill one of Wu Jing's compatriots, the guy who of course had a picture of his baby daughter in his helmet that he showed off earlier, guaranteeing he was going to bite the dust. And Scott Adkins also gets to deliver a sweet double flying jump kick to two dudes before executing baby daddy guy. Following this, the team comes together and are delivered a series of drop supplies, including weapons, grenades, and patriotic patches that re replace their warwolf unit patch with We Fight for China patches. Uh, we also see Scott Adkins' group graffiti a rock with Chinese Boy Scouts insulting the military unit that they are fighting. Then Lieutenant Colonel Long discovers that the crime boss is using this as a distraction while he obtains biological weapons that could cause massive destruction. They threaten to send a carpet bombing raid to destroy the entire area and try and take out Adkins and his mercenary unit along with the criminal and his biological weapon. But they are convinced to give the Warwolf unit a try to try and take him down. Eventually this leads to a standoff between Wu Jing and Scott Adkins where they satisfyingly beat the shit out of each other for a while and Scott Adkins declares to Wu Jing that he is a fool for fighting for his country and says, wanna know what I fight for? Money! Eventually of course Wu Jing gets the upper hand and defeats Adkins and we see celebrations and Wu Jing and Lieutenant Colonel Long driving off together to have, I don't know, a relationship or maybe just a lot more liquor. So I thought this would be a nice change of pace after our last two movies, which were both basically underground fighting rings. Uh, this time we got a military action movie. Whitney, what did you think of Wolf Warrior? I really liked it. It didn't have enough Scott Atkins in it for me, but I felt like, what was the main character's name? Um, Wu. Wu Jing's the actor. I don't even remember what oh. his character's name was. Well, Wu Jing was really, really exciting for me. He killed a lot of people. He got to stab some guys. That was pretty awesome. And I felt like his running through the forest and being badass and getting blown up was super exciting if not very unrealistic oh yeah here we have to mention that uh right before the climax of the film scott adkins character who uh we find out is a former navy seal who did a tour in iraq and two tours in afghanistan although it should be noted he does speak in english throughout the movie the rest of which is in chinese and he speaks with his normal British accent. I've heard Scott Adkins play an American before, but I guess it wasn't important to them in this movie, because even though he's a former Navy SEAL and American veteran, uh, he speaks with his natural British accent. But we do see him employing a number of tactics, uh, deploying 
mines and IEDs and grenades on trip wires. Um, and, and Wu Jing does a good job of spotting a couple of them and detonating them. But then I guess at a certain point he decides to just go badass with it. And he runs through a whole bunch of explosions, which was pretty fun before their final conflict. Wu Jing is apparently explosion proof. Um, he is pretty badass with a knife also. We do get a little bit of that earlier in the movie. And then in the ultimate conflict with Scott Adkins at the end, they do both bust out their knives and make with the the stabby stabby in addition to the kicking and punching which uh was a nice callback to the first movie i noticed Wu Jing in which was Killzone or spl where he played a knife wielding assassin named jack and one of the best fights in the movie was a badass knife fight between Wu Jing and the legendary donnie yen uh so that was a nice callback uh yeah Wu. <laughs> Wu Jing is, is a super badass dude. Um, he can survive getting shot and stabbed and, and running through explosions, uh, all thanks to his patriotic spirit, apparently, even though earlier in the movie we had seen him ignoring orders and protocol multiple times. There's also a fun moment in the final showdown between Wu Jing and Scott Adkins, uh, where... Scott Adkins says that whole bit about fighting for money. He also pulls off the We Fight for China patch from Wu Jing and shoves it in his face. And there's a nice subtle bit of CGI where you see the patch reflecting in his eyes, which I thought was a, a nice use of effects in a, in a subtle way that didn't really stand out or look bad. Um, this is a, a Chinese action film, so... The budget is significantly lower than we get in American action movies, probably somewhere in the realm of a tenth to maybe a fifth of the budget of your usual Hollywood action-arama. Um, and saying that, uh, that does result in a couple really crappy CGI moments. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the movie, we get a straight-up terrible looking CGI bullet that feels almost like it could have come out of a flash animation or something. Um, but one thing that you do get in a Chinese or, or some other foreign productions is while the CGI money doesn't go very far, the money in terms of physical production goes a very long way. Um, there's a lot of real military vehicles in use that would probably be CGI in a Hollywood movie. Um, when Wu Jing gets dropped in to join the Warwolf Wolf Warrior unit, uh, he's surrounded by like a shit ton of tanks and armored personnel carriers and snipers and soldiers, and they're all real. Like, none of it is models or CGI. They straight pull, like, seven tanks up on him at once, and he gets a, a tank cannon aimed about two feet away from his face, which was a cool shot. Uh, so, while the few moments of CGI don't really stand up, the the practical effects and, and the physical production values really do make the most of, of the small amount of money that they have going. 
And this does result in uh, a generic woodland setting for the majority of the second half of the movie. Um, but at the same time, they have the ability to blow the shit out of that woodland setting. At one point when Adkins' mercs are pinning down uh, the warwolf unit with sniper fire and they've taken one of their soldiers down to use as bait, Wu Jing and his compatriots level a tr giant tree with machine gun fire just to bring it down to provide cover as they pull their guy out from the sniper's fire. Um, and, and during those big explosion scenes, none of that is CGI. Those all seem to be practical explosions. We do get a, a little bit of outtakes in the end credits, Jackie Chan style, and it looks like at one point Wu Jing was nearly blinded from one of the explosions. So it's kind of a generic setting, but at the same time they get to blow the hell out of it. And during the final conflict between Adkins and Wu Jing, before they get to the hand-to-hand, -hand, they're just running around a hill shooting at each other, blowing up plant life, and shooting out chunks of dirt from the landmass. And it's all a, a pretty cool, well-done action sequence. I'd like to add that this movie really makes you root for China. Wu Jing's troop of werewolves really are some badass motherfuckers. And... It really makes you want the good guys to win in this movie. A lot of times when I watch Scott Akin movies, he's the bad guy, and I still want Scott Atkins to win because he's so fucking badass. But Wu Jing is so badass, and the other mil military guys are in there with him in the fight. It just makes you really root for the good guys in this movie. It was, it just draws you in to the story. And it was really a very good movie. I don't know if I'd say it draws you into the story, because there's not very much story there, but I will say it gets you on the side of the Warwolf squad, because we see them in their training exercise, and they all do seem to be pretty badass. We get a little extra incentive to root for them, because we see that they have come to respect their female commander, and Wu Jing's former commander, who is in charge of the opposing team during the war games exercise seems to be a bit sexist and look down on Lieutenant Colonel Long. And we do get some slight characterization on Wu Jing's compatriots with um, Guy with daughter, uh, whose name I don't remember, but he did. Uh, but he had a daughter, so everybody feel bad that he did. Uh, and, and I did like uh, Shy rubberneck aka shit rubberneck who it seemed to me um maybe only a couple lines implied it but he seemed to be coded as gay and i did appreciate the fact that you know we had a, a badass gay soldier in the unit and the other guys are kind of breaking his balls but it's in a a brotherly soldier kind of way and not in a gay bashing or excluding kind of way Maybe I'm completely off, but that that was how I perceived him. Uh, one thing that I will complain about, I did think that the uh, training exercise between the Warwolf's unit and Wu Jing's old military unit went on a little bit too long. Um, it takes up a decent chunk of the middle of the movie, 
And, you know, I guess we have to get him acclimated to his new unit and give him a, a tiny bit of time to bond with his companions. But I feel like that could have been dealt with effectively in a little bit of a training montage, which is something that this movie is lacking in. Um, I think, you know, a brief training montage and one or two scenes showing them come together could have given the film more time to have a couple more encounters between uh, the Warwolf unit and Scott Adkins' mercenary group. I think that would have made it a little bit more exciting. Um, but overall, I, I did think it was it was a pretty entertaining action movie. There's there's not really too much downtime. Um, there you know there is the chunk where they're doing the training exercises, but that's still kind of actiony. Um, even if there's no stakes or fatalities really, other than bruised egos, until Adkins shows up and starts kicking and shooting the shit out of people. I really liked it. I'm not a big fan of, you know, war movies, and I still enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, I wasn't a big fan of so much shooty-shooty. I'm more for the punchy-punchy, kicky-kicky, stabby-stabby. But it had a, a fair amount of gunplay that I found entertaining, which was surprising for me. Let's be fair here. You are all about the shooty-shooty in certain movies. It's just when it's more stylish. Uh, we did just watch John Wick 2 the other night. It was my second time watching it, but it was Whitney's first time watching it. And you love the hell out of all the shooty-shooty in John Wick 2, right? I did. Um, I have to compare these two types of shooty-shooty movies. John Wick was all about the man-against-the-world shooting. And this is more... Everybody shooting everyone else. The Chinese army against the mercenaries. And I'm not, I don't know. I just, I can't get, I can't get behind the whole everyone shooting everyone else. Yeah, it can get kind of boring or uh, generic in some movies. You know, there, there are a couple war movies that I really love that dramatize that kind of conflict. Um, this is going in a much more unrealistic vein, but it, it still does a pretty good job of making the, the few shootouts exciting. I did really like the brief shootout I mentioned earlier between Scott Adkins and Wu Jing, where they're just kind of diving around a land formation trying to get an open shot on each other before they spend all their ammo and go in for the inevitable close combat fight that we were all waiting for. Uh, it, it was, you know, not realistic and not very war movie-like, but that's that's why we were here, was to see Scott Adkins and Wu Jing beat the shit out of each other. And even though it's a pretty brief fight, I did find it pretty satisfying. It's, it's nice that they bring out the knives. They do get some nasty little moves in there, like when they get close together with the knives touching each other's skin. And Scott Adkins delivers a jumping knee to the knife he's holding against Wu Jing and stabs him. Uh, so I, I do think even though they're mostly larger scale action sequences, um, the shootouts are, are pretty decent. And we do get a little bit of close combat there to satisfy our Adkins desires. Uh, now, one interesting thing about Wolf Warrior, and one of the reasons I decided to talk about it this week, was because the sequel 
Wolf Warrior 2 just came out in China this summer, and it has broken insane amounts of records. Uh, the original Wolf Warrior made $90 million at the Chinese box office, which is a pretty respectable amount for a foreign movie. Most of the time, Hollywood movies are the only ones that really break triple digits in foreign countries, so... 90 million was was not a uh, an amount to sneeze at uh however wolf warrior 2 upped the budget a little bit to 30 million which is still a fraction of your typical hollywood movie budget and ended up making an astonishing 870 million dollars in china so far this makes it the only foreign made film to break the top 100 grossing movies of all time and it's actually second only to the force awakens 936 million dollar take in america as the highest grossing single territory return for a movie so this movie made more in china than movies like titanic and avatar did in america which is an astonishing achievement. Uh, I've heard it has some larger scale action sequences than the first movie and, and is China's first real equivalent to a Hollywood action movie despite the reduced budget. Uh, but that's a very impressive amount considering it's nearly eight times the amount that the original movie took in. At this point, we got to get into the Adkins nutrition facts for the film. The first action sequence comes only about three minutes into the movie. Uh, this is the raid which results in Wu Jing killing the crime boss's brother. The body count was very hard to keep track of in this movie. Um, since it's a blockbuster military action type film, there's lots of explosions and people flying around and people getting shot in large numbers. Uh, my rough estimate for the film is somewhere in the realm of uh, 42 kills, at least eight of which came from Scott Adkins, uh, thanks to his initial RPG and then the sequence where he kicks the shit out of a bunch of dudes and executes the baby daddy soldier um knockouts i didn't even try and keep track of because there are a lot of them in the military training sequence although i'll give at least three credited knockouts to adkins because before he executes baby daddy soldier he does mule kick a guy and then jump kick two guys at once and then kick another guy in the face so he got at least a couple knockouts in there um, in terms of training montages, as I mentioned earlier, there were none. Uh, we did get the extended training exercise sequence between the two military units, but that doesn't really capture the spirit or the energy of your usual training montage. So I don't think that counts. So I'm going to say zero training montages for this movie. Um, for the best move in the film, Scott Adkins doesn't get a whole lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, so I'd have to say it's either the flying kick where he nails two guys at once, 
or the bit where he does the jumping knee into the knife he has held against Wu Jing. That was pretty brutal. Plus, it's not a Scott Atkins move, but my favorite move in the movie is done by a Chinese military man who drops upside down Spider-Man style and snaps someone's neck. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And that was just in the opening, like, four minutes of the movie. One thing I also found interesting was that uh, Adkins' sidekick and his mercenary group, played by Kevin Lee, is listed on IMDb as Mad Cow. Uh, On the Wikipedia, his name is Crazy Bull. Now, there's obviously a pretty big difference in connotations between Mad Cow and Crazy Bull, Um, I don't actually remember his name being mentioned in the movie at all, though, so I don't know which one's correct. Uh, This is one of those cases where I wonder if his name was Mad Cow in the Chinese translation is kind of a joke, and then it was changed to Crazy Bull for the uh, American iteration to sound more badass and, and less like a mockery, but... We'll never know because I couldn't read the Chinese credits for the movie and I don't remember seeing his name mentioned in the subtitles at all. And now it's time for the Abskins report where Whitney reports on just how much sexy Scott Adkins action you get in this movie. There is zero Scott Adkins sexiness in this movie. None. None. None whatsoever. I want to reiterate, zero. It makes me very angry. Well, he looks very handsome in his military uniform and body armor. Well, if you're the kind of girl who gets turned on by a uniform, then yes, there is some sexy Scott Axon's action in this movie. But since I'm not the type of girl who gets turned on by a man in uniform, I'm going to go with zero. I give this movie a 5 out of 10 for sexiness, but not for Scott Atkins. I give it to you for Wu Jing who, after he's captured, you see doing sweaty push-ups in his cell in a black tank top. I would have rather he did not have this tank top on, because I can tell there is some serious muscle going on underneath that black tank top. He is dripping wet, though. It's not like it leaves much to the imagination. This is not even a case of them, like, spraying him down with the water bottle. They, like, poured a bucket of water on him. He's fucking dripping wet when the female Lieutenant Colonel Long comes to see him. It's it's obviously designed to maximize his sex appeal. And once again, I should mention that he did direct the movie also. So this is his, his little show-off moment. Uh, so yeah, you don't get any shirtless Scott Adkins whatsoever, but you do get the sweatiest Wu Jing that you could ever imagine. Okay, it was hot. I'm not saying it wasn't hot. It was very hot. But if he was shirtless, it would have been even hotter. That's why he got a five, because he was hot. But he did not get a seven or eight, because he was not shirtless. So, in terms of overall movie quality, uh, I would say that Wolf Warrior is still behind Undisputed 2. Definitely ahead of Green Street Hooligans Underground. Because as little plot as there was, the military action and the sequences that we got were definitely more exciting than the Green Street Hooligans Underground scenes. Uh, in terms of Scott Adkins-ness, 
I think I might have to rank it below Green Street Hooligans Underground uh, because even though we did get Scott Adkins blowing shit up and shooting motherfuckers and we got that really cool fight with Wu Jing at the end, overall, he is a supporting character. Um, so you just don't get quite as much Scott Adkins action as you got in Green Street Hooligans Underground. I would say percentage-wise, the Scott Adkins action you get in Wolf Warrior is better, but there's just so little of it that it it still lags behind Green Street Underground and obviously behind Undisputed 2, which is the reigning champ of Adkins-ness at this point for Boyka's awesome fight scenes and performance. I have to agree. I really enjoyed Undisputed 2, and there was so much Scott Atkins in that movie with Boyka, and it just made me go, Boyka, Boyka, Boyka. And with Green Street, I was satisfied with the amount of Scott Atkins. But in this movie, I felt that it needed more Scott Atkins, Scott Atkins action. But I do still place it ahead of Green Street because it was a more pleasurable movie. Green Street was kind of crappy. But we still loved it. It was lovely. It was lovely, but it was it was a shit movie. I'll I'll agree. It's it's a much crappier movie than Wolf Warrior. Wolf Warrior is a big budget B movie. Uh, Green Street Underground is a low budget C movie. So we're gonna put it in the standings as undisputed Wolf Warrior, Green Street Hooligans in terms of movie quality. And then in terms of Adkins' delivery system, we'll put it behind Green Street and Undisputed in third place. And now for other recommendations, I want to suggest the other two movies that are the reason that I know who Wu Jing is. Uh, One of his first roles that got him attention was in SPL, which stands for Sha Po Lang. Uh, in America and probably Europe, it's known as Kill Zone. This was a fantastic Hong Kong action movie from 2005, directed by Wilson Yip. Um, it stars Donnie Yen as a rule-breaking cop who's trying to take down a crime boss, played by the legendary Sammo Hung. Uh, in this film, Wu Jing has a pretty small role as the knife-wielding assassin Jack, who works for Sammo Hung's character. However, despite the small role, he gets one of the most badass fight scenes in the movie, where he has a knife fight with Donnie Yen before the climax. And then in 2015, they actually came out with a semi-sequel called SPL2, A Time for Consequences, which of course is now known in the West as Killzone 2. Um, This film has nothing to do with the original's plot. It does share a couple of common cast members. Uh, Simon Yam plays a dedicated cop in both movies, and Wu Jing returns for SPL2, although instead of playing a minor villain in this film, he plays one of the heroes, who is a drug-addicted undercover cop who gets sent to jail after some intrigue with the crime boss who he was undercover with. And in the prison, he encounters a prison guard that he unknowingly has a connection with, played by Tony Jaa. 
the badass Thai martial artist from the Ong Bak and Protector movies. Now, both movies are very melodramatic Hong Kong action movies. Uh, Killzone 2 is actually a Hong Kong-China co-production, but they both follow a number of characters and plot lines that twist together and lead to extremely high, highly emotional, melodramatic situations. Um, I don't know that I can choose a favorite between the two. The original film ends in a much darker vein with the final fight resulting in a gut punch to the audience and one of the characters that still sticks with me uh, more than a decade later. Killzone 2 has a much more happy ending to its diverging melodramatic plot lines. Uh, some people might think it's kind of sappy, um, but because there's so much craziness leading up to it, I think it works. Killzone 2 also has a lot more stylistic flair. The first chunk of the movie introduces a bunch of different plots and characters, but also throws a bunch of different visual styles and cinematography and lighting and editing at the viewer, uh, and is very stylish. So I would say maybe the original film is the better action movie and has the kind of nihilistic ending that makes an action movie stand out. Uh, but the second film is still very enjoyable and, and has its dark moments and its hardcore action scenes, but ends in a much more hopeful manner than the original. All right, this has nothing to do with the movie that we watched tonight, but because I just watched it, I'd like to recommend John Wick 2, which stars Keanu Reeves as the incredible John Wick, kicking so much ass and capping so many fools that it can only be called one of the best movies of the year. John Wick is a badass assassin who at one point is battling another assassin named Cassian. They stab each other, they shoot each other, they flip each other around. It's really super sweet and I think that everybody should watch this movie because it's just full of action and shooting and just just super sweet moves and just full of John Wick doing all sorts of assassiny type things. It carries on the theme of the first movie, which is I'm out, but I'm back in, but I'm out, but I'm back in. And they keep dragging me back in. Yeah, I can't help but second that recommendation. Uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the movie we watch, but if for some reason you're the kind of person who would listen to this podcast, but you haven't seen John Wick 2 yet, then remedy that immediately. It is absurdly awesome. Uh, it has even more action than the first movie. Uh, the directing is fantastic. The cinematography and the location shooting, everything about the film just makes it visually exciting and badass in an action movie way. Uh, as Whitney mentioned, Cassian, who's played by former rapper Common, is really awesome as a guy who seems to be kind of John Wick's equal in the underground criminal world that they work in is really fun. Uh, my favorite, my two favorite parts of the movie 
are during the sequence where Cassian is trying to chase down John Wick. They have a very brief moment where they're diving around parked cars, shooting at each other and blowing out windows. That reminded me of the glass-breaking hallway hospital sequence in Hard Boiled, which is one of my all-time favorite action scenes. And then there's another scene where they're walking through a train station, exchanging silenced shots with each other in the crowd with no one else noticing. And that kind of exemplifies what I love about John Wick. Uh, It takes the ridiculous tropes of action movies that we've seen a million times and just takes them to another level where it becomes part of the world and the narrative. Like for that scene, you know, silenced guns are not silent. Anyone with real life experience knows that silenced weapons are are not at all the pew pew sound that you get in action movies and TV shows. But at the same time, so many action movies and TV shows have done that, that it's become a thing. And in John Wick, we see that thing taken to an insane extreme where they're literally walking through a crowded station. One's on the lower level, one's on the upper level, and they're exchanging pot shots at each other that are getting blocked by columns and other stuff in the environment. And no one around them notices their silent duel. Uh, that That's a perfect example of the kind of ridiculous action that John Wick delivers in spades. So I will second the recommendation for that. If for some reason anyone hasn't seen that, go watch both John Wick movies and then watch John Wick Chapter 2 again because it's that awesome. And I cannot wait for the third film in the series. So if you want to watch Wolf Warrior, it is currently available on Netflix Instant. Uh, You can also find Killzone 2 on there. Killzone 1, you're going to have to order on DVD if you want to watch or find a digital rental. Uh, It's well worth a couple of bucks you would have to pay for a DVD, though. As always, I want to thank my brother for our awesome logo. Visit cjc.design on Instagram to check out his work. And if you have any interest in contracting him or any feedback about the podcast itself, then send us an email at the Adkins Diet Podcast at yahoo.com. And I also want to thank my brother from another mother, Cousin Pete, for our awesome theme song, He's Out of Control. Check out his work on Razormouth.net, Razormouth on Facebook and Razormouth Productions with a Z on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks.